Christie and Mike Rowe built everything from nothing. From trailer parks to a seven-figure real estate empire, they are a power couple worth learning from. In this episode, we discuss their climb to success, their influences along the way, the sacrifices they made, and how they balanced it all as devoted partners and parents. Hope you enjoy. Thanks for listening to Initial Success. All right. Christy, Mike, thanks for joining me. Yeah. How are you guys doing? Yeah, thanks for having us. I feel really honored to be here. <laughs> Thank you. I'm honored <laughs> to have you guys. This is awesome. Um, so tell me a little That's bit great. about uh, what you guys do. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm here. Okay. Uh, so we wake up. Relax. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, so <laughs> you want to start from the we're, beginning? We're multiple business owners. So we own a real estate investing business and then we own a vacation rental business. And they both keep us very busy. We're parents of a teenager. So that's really fun and also keeps us very busy. We decided to do homeschool this year um, because we wanted to go with our belief system that the public school system is failing us. And I feel like being able to homeschool is a luxury that a lot of parents don't get. Um, I was homeschooled and I think that's led to sort of our, my entrepreneurship because I was taught very out of the box, but it really just sat on my conscious. The more years I let him go to school, I'm like, we've got to, to do something different. My parents made a lot of sacrifices for my mom to stay home and, and homeschool. And those, those sacrifices were worth it. So with our business being self-employed, it does help us, but our drive is really to grow our business, particularly our vacation rental business to the point where it is a business with a capital B. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure you've heard that before where it can stand on its own two feet without much interaction from us. That's awesome. So that's the goal. That's quite, year. that's quite an achievement, honestly. Oh yeah. That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. So give me a little bit of background. Um, you know, I, I mean, <clears throat> let's go back, you know, how'd you guys meet, you know, what, what was your life like before entrepreneurship? Yeah. So, um, that's a very <clears throat> good story. Our life, I believe our life has, uh, groomed us to be where we're at today. Uh, okay. me with the military background, and, uh, you know, learning discipline, mm -hmm. responsibility, having that drive, that never quit attitude. And um, Christy, she's got a banking background. Okay. Yeah. Um, finance, sales. administrative, sales. That helps. Yes. Yeah. Me having a maintenance background as well has helped us grow this business that we have. Yeah. Well, the, the, to go back, <laughs> how we met we met in church but um we weren't very churchy people okay <laughs> so we um just both worked regular jobs we were we had no real desire to be you know anything we were pretty content to plug along every day with the day-to-day -day. and um yeah i guess what happened was in 2016 we kind of got a little fire within us that was like we need a vacation spot like we work really hard yeah. we need a place to get away so we, and were, we weren't intentionally going in the direction of being 
entrepreneurs or intentionally we didn't go out with the intent to quit our jobs. Yeah, it okay. all happened as an accident. We didn't plan on being to where we're at today. Um, mm-hmm. Let's back up a little bit. So we started off doing Dave Ramsey. Okay. Oh, yes. Financial yeah. Peace University. Great. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, paying everything off in cash, being debt free. And I did that for about 15 years. Oh, nice. Right. Yeah. So I did that. And we were um, facilitators for Dave Ramsey in the churches that we went to. Mm-hmm. What's very funny in Dave Ramsey is there's a spender and a saver in every marriage. Right. And I'm not necessarily a spender, perhaps, but I'm not as good at saving as he is. Gotcha. So Dave Ramsey's motto is, if there's two people who are together that are just alike, one of you is unnecessary. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. So, oh, no. so we bring a lot of balance to each yeah, other. We both, grew up, we, we both grew up very poor. Yes. Okay. Extremely so, poor. Um. Uh, I grew up very frugal, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and the Dave Ramsey method was all about that. Yeah, being extremely frugal. So we did that, and we saved up a ton of cash. And um, well, and I grew up very poor as well. So with the lack of having, when I finally got a job and was able to get, I was like, oh, I'm able to get things that I wasn't able to get before. So right. it's sort of a little bit opposite direction of where he went. Yeah. <laughs> right. So. We uh, would come down to Panama City Beach quite often. We didn't live here. We lived in Alabama. And uh, we were at a military base at Fort Rucker, Alabama. And we would come down here quite often for the weekend on vacation. So we wanted to purchase a a spot where we wouldn't have to pay for a hotel every time we came down. So it just kept getting expensive coming down Mm -hmm. here and renting a hotel. So we or just uh, coming down for the day and then driving back home. It's like oh, I'd love to be able to stay the night if right. you know we had the opportunity. Yeah, so we found this spot at the Fontainebleau. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah, and it was really cheap and it was for sale by owner and I found it on Zillow.com. We're very lucky. I want to add we're very lucky we did not get scammed cuz we were <laughs> so dumb and in and, and yeah, it was a cash deal. Uh, the guy had it up for sale, and I believe he wanted like $50,000 for it. Yes. And we closed wow. in like four days. What? Yeah, from the time I contacted him and uh, I met him. Did we meet him? No, no we, we never went to met the him. Bank. We never met him. We went to the bank and... Did you buy it sight unseen? Yeah, yes. sight unseen, yeah. So those were the pictures that were listed on Zillow. Which were wound up being old pictures, I want to add. Of course. Yeah, it was a, it was a journey. It was a, an adventure. Wow. So we, we closed in four days. I went to the bank and I think we wired the money. I don't know. Did we do a title search? Did yeah, we did, we did all of that. But we... Um, we did do a title search. It was really funny because we were so inexperienced and we could have, like I said, we could have gotten scammed so easily because, but it wound up that the guy we were buying from was from Dothan. Okay. So just the town over. Yeah, we're just regular people. We wasn't real estate investors yet. It was right. our very right. first... Purchase, so sure. we didn't know what we were doing. We are just like buying a spot to go hang out at the beach. He was like 50000 yeah. So we snatched it up real quick. It was in December of 2016. Okay. And then we purchased that. We came down there. Oh, do you want some dirt? Sure. <laughs> I love dirt. <laughs> I think your viewers will enjoy this story. When we purchased, well, the day before we purchased the condo, we were allowed to go do the walkthrough. That's right. And they had tenants, long-term tenants, staying in this 330-square-foot condo. And the tenants got notice that we were coming in. They were going to be moving out that weekend. Mm -hmm. 
So we were, we were going to be given their security deposit and we're supposed to return that to them. They had asked, Hey, can we please get our security deposit so we can find somewhere else to live? Mm-hmm. Well, when we walked in, they had some friends, extra little legs, a whole bunch of friends, a whole bunch of friends. Oh. They were all over the place. Oh no. They were uh, in there cooking bugs. chicken or something. No, they were cooking bacon. Oh, was it bacon? And the girl is cooking bacon <laughs> and there know. is a roach crawling across a water bug, whatever you call them, German yeah. roach, like palmetto the little bug? ones. No, it wasn't a palmetto bug. It was the dirty oh, yeah. ones yeah. crawling across above her cooking bacon. And she's just chatting us up and I'm looking at this and I'm, my stomach's turning. Mm. And I thought, well, maybe they're just dirty when they move out. It'll be fine. You ever seen that show on MTV, Mike's apartment? <laughs> no, <laughs> I've never seen that show either. Yeah. It's a yeah. dude living with roaches in there. Oh, his no. friends. No. Wow. I, yeah, well, so we were really okay. It's fine. It's fine. We'll close. It's fifty thousand dollars. So we came after they had moved out, and we were going to sleep on an air mattress. No, we were going to sleep on the bed that was left there. Yeah. And he wakes up in the middle of the night and he says, Christy, don't move. There's friends all over the floor. <laughs> so we get up, we haul tail out of there. Oh, no. And then yeah. we had to. The floor was covered in roaches. Oh, oh man. I, we got up immediately. We had to go to the Navy base and get a spot out there at the Navy base. <laughs> yes. So you, bought, you bought a place to not have to get a hotel and then you needed immediately to get a hotel. Yes. That's right. Yeah. Yes. So um, long story short, we had to 100% demo that condo. Oh, wow. You had to get the whole thing? Everything. The the sheetrock, the the ceiling, the floors, the kitchen, the bathroom, everything. 100% was just a shell. All the way to the concrete. I mean, we gutted that joker and then we uh, renovated. We put our whole heart into it. We put it. We had one of the most beautiful condos on the beach and we were really excited. I started doing a lot of research about Airbnb. Airbnb mm-hmm. was still very young. Mm-hmm. Um, even though Airbnb had been out for several years prior to 2016, obviously, they were um, mostly, it was crash on your couch and pay right. me $5. Spare rooms. Right, yeah. spare rooms. So um, I got connected with a guy. He has his own books and things. His name's Jasper Rivers. He had been with Airbnb since the beginning. Oh. And I read his book and I told Mike, I said, I think we should rent this out on Airbnb to help us make some money. And he said, all right, I'm for it. Well, the booking started rolling in and we were floored at the income opportunity that we found. Yeah. To the point that our awakening moment was 4th of July. Yeah. We're sitting on the beach and and we're... We got a, re- a booking reservation, and I was like, should we take the money or should we stay in the unit? Oh. <laughs> it was like $300 for the night. They right. wanted to stay just one night in this little condo, and I said, $300, we're driving back to Alabama. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> so it's that one little, was a 330-square-feet condo. It started generating like $5,000 a month. Holy crap. Right. Yeah. Our first the prime year, season, our, the first prime year our first year owning that condo, we grossed $30,000. And I'm sitting here looking at my measly salary of $40,000 a year. And I'm thinking, wait a minute. <laughs> something is. Yeah. There's something, something here. There's something here. So we gained a lot of knowledge by doing a lot of the work ourselves on the renovations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
And then, well, I wanted to ask you how, how much experience did you have doing renovation and construction and things like that before starting? Well, Mike's um, very, very maintenance inclined. He yeah. knows everything because of his background, but we had not had a lot of household experience. Well, I have, um, I took like three years of industrial house wiring mm-hmm. and basic electricity. So okay. I, I have a, a maintenance before background. Starting. Yeah, before starting. Okay. And then I had, I've, I've got a uh, degree in maintenance. Okay. But that's in uh, aviation maintenance. But it's kind of similar. I'll tell you we had some help. What happened is we were driving around Panama City Beach and he saw a group of Hispanic men working on a house. And so he pulls over. He meets the <laughs> foreman. They became great friends immediately. Yeah, and he that's said, what it was. Yeah, Martin. And he said, hey, can you, you know, your crew come help me? You're experienced. I'm not. I'll pay you. And he was like, yeah. So they came the next day and demoed everything in in like four hours. This is good. It's been so long ago. I done forgot all that. But yeah, I'm real quick to talk to folks. When I see people, I just talk to them. And I seen these guys. I was like, dang, I need some help. And uh, they were out there working on this new build construction. And I was like, hey, guys. What's up, man? I need some help. Yeah. Help me out. And they came. Yeah, wow. they came and helped me out. And they came and Martin and Mike became friends from that moment. And to we're this still day. friends today. Yeah, we been... put them put him and his family up in one of our condos for New Year's Eve. Oh, nice. So it be, it built a lifelong relationship. Our painter that we had um paint the condo became one of our very dear friends to this day. I mean, I text I was texting with him today. Yeah. And we bug him. He's our adopted uncle i don't know what yeah. he is <laughs> so yeah, it's just like been that. it's the journey from to financial freedom mm-hmm. has been very enriching because of the people we've met along the way as well so sort of yeah, that's right takes a community aspect of it right it, it wasn't yeah. just us renovating this condo well, it, was, it, was, it was these people we met it was a challenge because we didn't live in panama city beach right oh yeah we yeah. had to sleep in the back of the camper truck. And we lived almost 100 miles away. Yeah. So we tried to get as much help as possible, but we still had to do a lot of the work ourselves. Right. Mike was taking showers out at the beach access. <laughs> out in the open? Yeah. <laughs> Just, he had shorts on, but yeah, he's like, oh, I guess. I'm yeah. So <laughs> it, 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 so. Takes, it takes a lot of sacrifice Yeah. to get to where you want to be. If you want something bad enough, you'll find a way to make it happen. Right. I agree. I agree. That's a that's a yeah. great point. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, we got that thing renovated. We used it. Let all let all of our family use it, and then right. we started renting it out to uh, help offset the HOA's mm-hmm. fees. It was paid off, so we didn't have a mortgage. And then we seen how much it generated. Well, after after the um, after we saw that you had um, Fred Hanners at work gave you the book, the Rich Dad Poor Dad. Book. Yeah, I told my friends at work, um, other people that were interested in real estate, and just so happened that this one guy, Fred Hanners. Now, when you Fred, say at work, where was work? Um, it was at a at, at this place at Fort Rucker. Fort Rucker. Yeah, he was doing aviation maintenance. So you were still you were still active duty at the time. I was a, a general contractor for the army. Gotcha. At that okay. time, okay, I got you. And uh, my friend Fred Hanners, okay. shout, give him a shout out. <laughs> oh, there's a story for Fred as well because so, yeah, Fred saw Mike's success and he actually quit, got himself into a financial position to leave 
their job just two years ago, I guess. Yeah, that's right. Nice. So he did the same thing, but he lit the fire under Mike and didn't realize. He emailed me this uh, ebook by Robert Kiyosaki. Okay. Um, how to buy your first investment property. Oh, yes. That was the first one. And I read that book and it sparked a fire in me for Robert Kiyosaki. And I started reading all his books. And that was the catalyst that led us on our real estate journey. Okay. I tried to learn as much as I could about real estate. Through reading these books by Robert Kiyosaki, like Cash Flow Quadrant, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And I just followed his methods. Mm-hmm. Of, uh, just like, straightforwardly, just. Yeah. I mean, they're tried and true. A lot of people, I think, get into investing or anything really in life and they try to reinvent the wheel. Mm. But there's successful people doing successful things already. So. Model what they're doing and see if you can make it work. And Yeah, so Robert Kiyosaki. And then we started reading books on uh, Grant Cardone, ah. The 10X Rule. Mm-hmm. is my number one favorite book. <laughs> you <laughs> must read it. Well, you actually had me read it, actually. Mm-hmm. Actually, yeah. the best way to enjoy that book is on Audible with Grant reading it. That's how I had it because you told me about yes. it. That's you right. Said when, you know, oh. when we were talking about our stuff, and yeah. and uh, you said, "Well, the one rule you got to read so this book." From from the beginning, when I read that ten X rule by Grant Cardone, I've lived it, and I well, still live it today. I'm ten X. I'm over the top. I dominate my sector. I'll tell you. I, I'll tell you this. Fun. This is funny because I tell people this, and if they don't know Mike, they kind of like ha ha. But if you know Mike, then what I'm about to say is really funny. Being married to Mike is like drinking from a fire hydrant every day it's like being sprayed directly in the face <laughs> yep yeah <laughs> and so he is just all in and that he's all in with our marriage with luke our son with our life our business our employees i mean everything you yeah. know and it's funny that you say that you know it, it may sound weird if you don't know him but at the same time that's one of the best ways to live life because it, i feel like it keeps you in that moment you know, it keeps you, uh, your attention right. on the task or, you know, not distracted by your phone or media or whatever the hell's going on. You right. Know, it's, it's a great thing. You're, you're certainly always engaged. You know, anytime that we talk, I mean, we right. had a conversation earlier. It was a yeah. phone call. It should have been a, a two, three minute phone call about yeah. like, Hey, when are you guys going to come over or whatever? And it turned into an hour. I had to check afterwards. Yeah. It was an hour long phone call yeah. Right. that yeah. went all over the place yeah. and it was great it and was it was very, enjoyable yeah it was, it was very productive. very nice talking to you I, yeah. I really enjoyed it yeah same i was like you should have recorded it <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> well, sure we'll touch back on some of the subjects we will and i want to interject really quick before we get sidetracked is one of the main books that i think really changed our trajectory 10x is really good but um the clayton morris book it's like a pamphlet it's not even oh, really a yes, book yes it is very good it's um Using, I don't even remember the name of the book. It's uh, Finding Your Freedom Number. Yes, okay. Finding Your Freedom Number. That book actually mm. was the one that really made us go, oh my goodness. And it talks about utilizing your HELOC in your home to get the funds you need to get into the Burr strategy, which mm-hmm. is Brandon Turner. Um, but Clayton Morris, he had this chart that you, it was a free download on his website where you could write, okay, our incomes are this, our gross income, our net income is this, and then you can say, how many rental properties do I need 
Yeah. To how just much be money free. does it take to live? Your liabilities and all that. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's like, how much money do you need just to be free? Right. And our goal from the very get go was not to be wealthy, incredibly successful. Our goal was just to be free so yeah. we could be in control of our time. Autonomy. Autonomy. It's a perfect goal. It's a great goal. So we mm. said, okay, if we we have 12 rental properties bringing in yeah. X amount. So we know. had no desire to be multimillionaires or anything like that. We mm-hmm. just wanted to be normal folks that got our lives back, free from the rat race, autonomy, right? Just making enough money just to be comfortable mm-hmm. to travel, Not answering to, to eat. A boss. Right. 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 Just enough money to get some groceries. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's really funny because I think the majority of our money is spent on food. Like, but that's, We do spend a lot on food. That, that, so that's... Uh, <laughs> our hobby is eating now. Yeah. My, my friends and I kind of <laughs> joke that our, our mark for having made it financially is being able to buy whatever you want at the grocery store, you know, or yeah. going to whatever restaurant you want to and not having to really worry about it. Like, exactly. That's, that's a great yeah. mark. So with our both companies we have, we've um, acquired... Over 140 properties. Yep. And it started with one in 2016. I got, I got one. <laughs> <laughs> it all, it starts with one. Yeah. It starts with one. But, you know, again, everyone's journey to fit freedom looks different. Sure. You know, I'm sure the Botox lady down the street, her freedom is, you know, and she's making a killing in her own house with as many clients as she has. So it's everyone's freedom looks differently. Sure. Yeah. And um, our goal was passive income. I think that with starting the vacation rental business, we have really um, come to realize that while our vacation rentals that we personally own do cash flow a lot, Airbnb is so hot right now across all platforms. Um, and, and a lot of people are talking about the Airbnb bubble that's coming and, mm-hmm. and this sort of thing because a lot of people bought in regular markets that are just, they're not tourism right. areas. I mean, vacation rentals have been in Panama City Beach since Panama City Beach became what it is. Right. Um, I heard a, a number yesterday that Florida, the state of Florida makes up about, how much was it? 30% of the vacation rentals in the United States. Holy crap. I mean, it makes sense. It does. It makes sense. So So while it's not as passive as your long-term rentals, even though it may bring in a lot more cash flow. When you purchase your properties, you need to do your market research and make sure you're purchasing the right property for the right area. If you're trying to do short-term vacation rentals, make sure you purchase in a vacation Mecca. Right. Like Panama City Beach. Or Gatlinburg. (laughs) Right. You know, areas that have a long-standing history of being vacation rental friendly. Orlando. Orlando. Yeah. All of those places. Yeah. Makes sense. Makes great sense. Yeah. Yeah. So backing up with the uh, Fontainebleau, after we've seen how much that generated, it was like, we got to get another one. (laughs) Right? So. (laughs) Oh, we wish we could have, you know, back in 2016, the market was so good we could have bought so much yeah, had yeah. we known hindsight but we still turned out good you know look yeah, at us did. today yeah, we did so you know we always have regrets on not buying more. i don't know i i think that the six real success is the fact that we were still able to make 18 purchases last year in the market that we're in wow as yeah, that's as a whole nother story right there because everybody talks about oh the market's it's too, too high. high it's too expensive we're at the peak of the retail market and interest rates are so high but you have to really dig deep and mm-hmm. look for those deals 
and we did purchase 18 properties last year. Holy at crap. the peak of the at the peak of the retail. Right. And the we got great deals in what state? In Florida and Alabama. Okay. Both states. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, you just wow. have to you just got to be at the right place at the right time. You got to know what you're looking at. You got to know your numbers. Well, and you have some good people like we have a good realtor in Alabama that called us and he said, "Hey, I've got this sixplex and I've got another fourplex right next door." do you guys want to buy it? And we ran our numbers. We were like, yes. Yeah. And he had, it wasn't even on the market yet. So we were able to get it because he knew that we were looking to buy. So right. Yeah. You build that right. reputation with these realtors and they know that in relationship. Sure. It's a relationship right. really. Yeah. I was, I was going to ask about that because, you know, even just being around you guys, uh, you know, around the, the, the condos and stuff, everywhere you walk, with you, you know, everybody knows you, you're saying hello to everybody, you're making all these connections. I mean, it's clearly super important to you, but how do you, what would you give as advice for someone who isn't comfortable doing that, you know, and, and just is kind of a shy person, maybe. Like an introvert. Sure. Exactly. So I used to be an introvert. He is an introvert. Get out of here. He is the most introvert, extrovert you will ever meet. No. Yeah. I used to be super introvert. That's right. I used to be he, a, a nerd gamer. I just, you wouldn't see me. I, uh-huh. I, when I got off work on Friday, you wouldn't see me till Monday. No I would way. stay locked up inside and just play video games. All well, weekend. you've heard of the introvert extrovert, right? Mm-hmm. It's a, that's a real thing. Not, it's a two thing. So he is an introverted extrovert. Mm-hmm. So when he's in social situations, he's very social, mm-hmm. but he also needs his time to be introverted and mm-hmm. to have time for himself. Do you find refuel. that, do you find that that, extroverted side when you're when you're with people does it kind of drain your energy after yes, a while he does, it does are you exhausted afterwards kind of thing mm, i don't know maybe 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 in the in the beginning stages when i was coming out right but now it's not so bad okay i've changed i think the reason is because i'm not as stressed my i'm not as bogged down as i was when i was in the rat race mm-hmm. um I'm more free. Well, there's some emotional maturity as well, because when I met you a long time ago, uh, 14 years ago, we've evolved, you know, he was a a hot headed young man, introverted. And then he grew, his emotional intelligence grew with age and maturity. That's right. Nice. Yeah. I mean, it seems to play kind of into that idea of the, the fake it till you make it, you know, it's this, I like it. Yeah, you know, it's like this. just okay. be, if you want to be extroverted, then just be it. It may be awkward at first, but eventually you'll get used to it. Well, it, it all boils down to if you want it bad enough, you'll find a way to make it happen. True. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So if you got to get out there and network and you're an introvert, mm-hmm. hey, man, you got to make it happen, dude. You know, I want to like say you said, fake it till you make it. Just get out there and start talking to folks. That's right. One piece of advice that I will say if I were to give advice to someone who's an introvert is a smile goes a long way. Mm. So if something happens, when you look at someone and you smile at them, something changes. They smile back. And it's a door that you just have to walk through at that point. Um, I think females especially, and I'm speaking from a female perspective, we tend to, it tends to get harder to make close relationship friendships Mm -hmm. as you're older. You kind of cling to your friends that you have made. I think as far as that, closeness goes okay um and so that can be a challenge for some women if there's a women listening to the podcast um but just getting out there and and sharing that first smile um 
can open the doors that you need, you know, and a, a big thing is to remember for us, we come from really, really, we should not, Nick, statistically, the way that we were both raised, he grew up in a trailer park. I grew up in a trailer out in the country. Statistically, I should be poor white trash. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like statistically, I should have never made it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he shouldn't, he should be in jail. I would be either <laughs> dead or in prison. Right. Yeah. Like by our, by where we came from, we should be. There mm-hmm. should be no reason that we're here today in the position that we are. And so being here, being able to, to see people around the condos and be friends with people, the housekeepers there, I'm not, I know you, you know, I lived there. I lived your life, the security, you know, people like they're just real regular people like we are. Yeah. And it it really shows, I mean, just the, just a little bit of time that I spent at your office Mm -hmm. and seeing the way that you interact with your employees, it it doesn't even feel like they're your employees. Mm -hmm. You genuinely (laughs) treat them just like other human beings yeah. and right. it's rare to see nowadays there's mm-hmm. so many bosses out there that just you know they're they really treat them like subordinates right <laughs> you know yeah, and it's right. it, one of the best piece of advice i ever got from uh, a chief of mine when i was in was uh he said they're they don't work for you mm-hmm. you work for them it's That's your right. job to enable them to get the job done. That's right. You have to get them the training. I you have to that. give them the resources. It's that's your job as a leader. It's not that they work for you and you tell them what to do. Like no, you have to build that ability to do and get the task done. Yep. And that well, that's stuck with me ever since. That's so mm-hmm. true. I tell our staff all the time. I said, "Hey, I hired you and I use these words. I hired you for your big beautiful brains." Not to be a mindless robot that just does what I say. You guys are all smart. You're all highly intelligent. We didn't hire you because you were pretty or because you were whatever. We hired you because you bring a lot to the table. And I want to see you display what I know is within you. Right. right, right. You give you you seem to give them the leeway to make decisions oh, on their yeah. own. Of course. Well, yeah. we're right. trying to get, and, and if you want to talk about um, improvements, I know that was one of the points. Sure. One of the the things with both of us, I feel like being kind of alpha, is we tend to like to control our narrative. And again, when you're running a business and your reputation is on the line, that control is very important for us. But at the same time. Control, what is it that you say about perfection? Well, perfection is the enemy of productivity. Yes. So while we like to control what's going on, we have to learn to let go and let our people step up to the bat and do what they're trained to do. And in order to do that, we have to have proper procedures in place, proper Mm. guidelines in place. And it's really funny because when we started the vacation rental business, Host PCB, we started out as a family-ran business. Well, we've grown. There's only three family members left, me and him and my sister. Right. Yeah, we have over 28 employees now. And so I just last week finalized our first employee handbook. 
Oh, nice. And I'm like, this Wood is ground, a necessity yeah, now. You know, this is something we fast. have to have. <laughs> sure, sure. Have you uh, reached the point of relegating the hiring process to anyone else, or do you guys both still handle that exclusively? We uh, actually let the hiring, uh, on the admin side, I usually do the hiring, but we let our director of operations, <laughs> she is, she came in, and I have to say kudos to her, um, which is my sister, Amy, she connects really well with people because of our background growing up. So when it comes to the service industry, your housekeepers and things like that, being able to connect with them, she has hired every single housekeeper. And the two that we first hired, she fired. Oh, wow. Because they weren't up to the standard that they needed to be. Yeah, so we don't do the hiring. She, and does, she does the hiring. It's, nice. it's and a, the firing. <laughs> uh, let me tell you something. A lot of people look at me and think that I'm going to fire them, but I've never fired not one single person. <laughs> Who has? You have. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It's tough. I hate doing that, but, you know, I always try to do it in a very delicate and kind way. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. not, you're not doing your job. Get out. You know, it's yeah, more so like, there's room for you to improve, you know, somewhere else. While we're on the sure. topic of employees, that is one of... And that is the most challenging part of being a business owner. Yes, a hundred percent. Is finding employees and getting them getting them trained, and keeping employees that are competent enough to do their jobs. So, me with the military background, um, I learned this from a general. That was one of my generals. He would always preach, "Know your job and do your job." Mm-hmm. And I use the same concept in our business. Like, just know your job and do your job. Yeah. It's really simple. So it's hard to find employees that, that are teachable, that can learn their job, and do it proficiently. I feel like one of the things that's missing from a lot of businesses is, especially with the the current workforce, the younger current workforce, right? is there's this sort of... I don't even know how to describe it, but this, this feeling of, oh, none of this matters. It's a bunch of BS. Like this is just a job. It's just a dead end, whatever. So, but you guys seem to have really nurtured this feeling of, of a team of a family Mm -hmm. within your business. So you don't have that sense of like, oh, I don't care. Like if I, if I just cut these corners or whatever, because I remember, I don't remember what the word, what the actual phrase was, but I remember hearing something along the lines of, "No, that's that's not how we do things around here." Mm-hmm. You know, coming from one of your employees when I was yeah, there right. at the office. Oh, that's yeah. right. You know, that it, I, I I wish I remembered the the exact. That's what she situation. said. I think, yeah, but it was something like said. that. Like, no, that's that's not how we do things. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, that's that's something that is missing from so many businesses, and yeah. I th- I think part of that is because so many people get wrapped up in getting. You know, jobs with like chain places, you know, with the yeah. Well, they're just system. another number. That's why. Yeah, exactly. we 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 love our employees. We treat them like their family. Like we pour our hearts out into them, right? So the way we are is like we train them, and we want them to be even better than they have ever been. Even when they decide to move to the next level and use us, you know, as a stepping stone, we want them to leave better than the way they came. Mm-hmm. Right, and we tell them when we hire them, hey, if you don't stay with us forever, because Obviously, in today's environment, they don't. Sure. I want you to leave here better than when you walk through these doors. Mm-hmm. And um, that's so important for us. And again, moving past the family-ran business, 
we have found where I think some people, some of our team that has come on that are newer, they, they've come, they they maybe have corporate PTSD. (laughs) Right. You know, I came from a corporate environment. He came from a union environment. So corporate is very different than a union. Like you don't get that awesome negotiating power. Right. And in a corporate environment, you truly are just a number. You're an at-will employee. You can be let go for any reason Replaced at any like time. That. And yeah, you can, right. and when I, and that was sort of our awakening is I was working in banking and I saw this happen and I'm thinking, I am nothing. Yeah. I'm yeah. nothing here. So when we started the vacation rental business, I told Mike, I said, it's very important to me that we create a company and a culture where you're not just a number where people want to work here and and they enjoy their jobs. And here's a great marker that proves that, that you've, that you've built that when work was over. Right. And, and here's the thing, your office great for what it is. It's not like working at Google where you have like, you know, Nap foosball pods. tables and <laughs> beds and couches and whatever you want and all the provided stuff that you could imagine. No, it's just a regular yeah. office space, storage all in one, right? So mm-hmm. it's not like, it's not the most inviting to, to hang around. Right. And yet, when the work was over, no one seemed to need to leave. You know, I think nobody was, was in person, a hurry to leave. Yeah, there was one person who was like, "Oh, I have a thing I got to go to." Like, okay, cool. And then like four other people just hung out, right? And just, just, I mean, who does that at work? Right. Who hangs out voluntarily after yeah. they're done working? Yeah. You know, it. The, the answer is people who actually enjoy, yeah, that is being right. there mm-hmm. and the company they're with. Yeah. We actually hang out, hang out with our employees quite often after work. That's great. Yeah. Well, we like to celebrate their um, successes and things. So we had two girls that came up on their one-year work anniversary. And we took them out separately because they were at two different times, but in Mm -hmm. one month. So in one month, we got our entire team together on two different occasions to go out to dinner. So they're leaving their family time or whatever to come hang out with us I mean, it was, and we paid for their food, the one year anniversary person, but the other staff that came had to pay for their own food Mm -hmm. and they willingly came. We bought a few bottles of wine for everyone and things like that, but they had a phenomenal time. That's great. Everybody just gets along so well. That's great. Yep. That's awesome. (sighs) So. How do you guys do it as a as a couple? I mean, the the energy is palpable, right? Like you can just tell that you guys just you're you're, you're very much on the same page. You know, you may have your opposites in personality, right? But it works. It seems to work so well together. So how? Like, what is it? What 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 is what is the? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you've noticed I've done this hand motion a couple of times. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so Mike always jokingly says. <laughs> Kind of weird. He always says he was up here when he met me like such an elitist. And then I had to come up and he had to come down to meet me. So now okay. I, we always jokingly say that we kind of we're, we're like water. We're very fluid around each other. So we take the strengths of the other person. Like, honestly, Mike today is so much more of a positive person than he was before. I mean, he's a naturally a negative, pessimistic type person. 15 years ago, Uh but today he's an incredibly positive, 
person. Um, and my family, people yeah. that have known him a long time will tell you, like, he's not the same person. Yeah. And I'm not the same person. Well, I came from a very, I had a bad childhood. So, mm-hmm. you know, I came from a broken home and all that and very poor and living on the streets almost. So the military so, changed my life. Right. I bet. For the better. Sure. But we're very fluid. We're, we give and we take. And um, we're, like I said, a lot of people ask us. I had a lady ask me yesterday. She said, how do you work around your husband all the time? Like, how do you exist around him constantly? And I said, we just love each other in in a way that I, I can't. I don't know if I can really put it's it. Right in. We're stronger it seems too simple together. Yeah, I don't know what you call it. It should be. Soulmates. Right. How about that? Well, we're just soulmates. We we work. We put in the work. Mm-hmm. We do what's necessary. You know, I mean, we had a little argument one night about something dumb because all married arguments are really dumb. And I'm just pouting on the couch. And every evening I rub his feet like with lotion. I massage mm-hmm. his feet on the couch in our downtime. This is really funny. I do. Since the beginning of time, I have massaged his feet every night. Christine? Uh, <laughs> she's going to kill me. She's going to be like, what's wrong with you? Is that, uh, is that uh, So, no, what's really funny, though, is he was sitting like this. You know, I wasn't rubbing his feet, so clearly I was mad. Are you, are you sure you want to put this on the podcast? I'm going to put it because it's so funny. But I got to thinking in my mind, I was like. Are we staying on track here? I was. This is about marriage. It's about how we work together. But I was thinking in my mind, I'm like, mm. I'm going to be with this man for the rest of my life. Like, how long am I going to be mad for that it's an adequate amount of time to be mad for? This is really dumb. So I just reached over and grabbed his foot angrily still like get that last spit out and got the lotion and he's like and i'm like and he was like we're good i was like yeah Yeah. like and i started laughing and i said and i told him that i said realistically like how long would i like that's really dumb yeah so you're talking about marriage um it's a process Mm. it takes 18 years to be 18 years old so it's a process to grow a person's marriage to to get to the point to where we're at. Oh, it's true. So it hasn't always been year, like this. It was, right. it was rough at the beginning. Sure. And then you just kind of like intertwine and you learn how you guys flow together. And then we wouldn't be where we're at today if we were single. Mm-hmm. Right. We're only here as a power couple because we're together. Yeah. Makes sense. Like we come as a package deal. Like we thrive on each other's energy. Yeah. Like we work together on every single thing. When it comes to our business, our, our companies that we run, we don't make any decisions on our own. Mm-hmm. We always come together and we discuss it first, and then we come to a conclusion before we make a final decision. Yeah, because right. we always we each have different perspectives, and so we always we we will discuss things, simple decisions for days at a time. Oh wow! Before we say, okay, this is what we need to do. Mm-hmm. Um, because we really want to hash things out and, and consider what, what needs, what's the best path forward. Yeah. I think, I think a lot of marriage problems stem from the, the, the idea that modern marriage is different from marriage decades or even longer ago, because we all understand that the commitment of marriage is that you're going to be with this person for the rest of your life. 
But I feel like what happens nowadays is you make that commitment, you make those vows, you know, and you say the words and you move in together, you do all that stuff, you start the family, but it doesn't really sink in that you're actually going to be with this person for the rest of your life and what that really means to the relationship. Right. Because once you get over that hurdle, and I think Christine and I kind of went through that phase too a little bit. Oh, yeah. Where we finally just just had enough of the of the little things and said, what's actually important? What are our actual goals in life? Mm-hmm. And th- is this argument, is whoever's right in this situation mm-hmm. actually perpetuating us towards meeting our goals mm-hmm. or is it just holding us back entirely? That's right. And once you, once you get over that, I think that that's the, the key to unlocking a healthy, happy, fulfilling marriage. Yeah. Well, right. having common goals and maybe, maybe different ways of, of your goals. Maybe you have a goal of doing this and, and he has a goal of doing this but having something you can work towards together is so powerful because, you know, it's like having two horses, you know, being able to pull four times as much weight. I forgot the, the saying, okay, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, being linked up and being totally in sync yeah, we're towards together. a common goal is very powerful. And, you know, I think a lot of marriages maybe, I think the most challenging years are when kids are little. I think that can be a lot of people's most challenging years um, because they kind of lose each other somewhat during duty, splitting duties and things. And that's why I think when people's children are little, if they don't have older siblings, especially making that time together Mm -hmm. and making that time to sit down and discuss your, Hey, what's our five-year plan? What's our 10-year plan? If your five-year plan is a 10 day epic trip to Disney you know, let that be as simple as it is. Let that be your goal. And it excites you and it gives you something to look forward to and plan and sure. talk about. And it's, it's really fun. So yeah. we just so happen to have the common goals of success and yeah, I don't know. Yeah. In the beginning, their common goals were to be financially free. Mm-hmm. So that's what <laughs> yeah. we put our, all of our energy into. Makes sense. Was being financially free. So we worked together to obtain that. And mm-hmm. we've just grown from there together yeah. as a couple. We've been together for 14 years. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And then we have. And like he said, Nick wants us to do the podcast. I said, I don't think he only has two microphones. Like, I think <laughs> yeah. you know, this is a one on one thing. And he's like, I don't do it. We're a package still. I don't do anything without you. You know that. Exactly. Like, like, I wouldn't feel. And it made me complete. feel really good. There's not a lot of men that would say, hey, very without, true. Why would I want to come you, to a podcast no without you? It's so yeah. romantic, yeah. right? Sounds it really like the, is, yeah. the title of a movie. Yeah. <laughs> so we always say we've been together for 14 years, but it's still not enough time. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know. Right. I know. It's still not enough time. Yeah. We have the rest of our lives together. And, and it won't be it, enough. It's still not enough. Yeah. I think something, I think what the, the magical thing that happens when when you accept that commitment is that whenever a problem does come up, it's completely when you have, when you, when you realize that you're staying with this person, no matter what, and then that person is staying with you, it eliminates half of the options, right? <laughs> well, I'm not leaving. Right. Well, she's not leaving. Right. So I guess the only option here is to figure it the hell out. Yeah, that's exactly. Right. <laughs> there's no, there's no D word in our vocabulary. Yeah, right. Right. Yeah. We've never said that. 
Never. We've never said it not one time. In an argument, we never say that word. I mean, I That's told not an him, option. <laughs> I said, you're stuck with me. Yeah. And he said, well, you're stuck with me. And and it's just like you said, well, I guess we got to figure this out. A lot out. of the arguments come from being hangry. <laughs> so true. It's oh, it's so not just you. It's not just us. Okay, good. That makes me feel a lot better. Oh, it's that is the just the golden nugget. Yeah. Eat some food. Yep. Drink a little wine. Even even better for, for me and Christine, too, is like... If I make some food, oh right, oh there you like go, doubly yeah, yeah. as as uh, therapeutic. <laughs> there it <you> is. <laughs> oh, I believe that Mike is a phenomenal cook. So. Yeah. Nice. Well, his look at his food. We've oh, had your food. It's really good. Oh, that's right. So yeah, good. Yeah. Are you cooking after this? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I might whip something up. We'll see. Oh man. So, um, so we talked about your military background and everything. Oh, let me go into. Let's get more nitty gritty into the day to day. Like, what are some of your habits that you actually Im- uh, implement in your day that you think helps you with your success, with your motivation, with everything? I I really want to touch on this topic. I don't. I know I talk a lot. Again, that's why I'm here. So that's fine. Um, this is very near and dear to my heart because I'm working on a book right now um, about creating life balance as a self-employed person. Awesome. So when you're starting a business as a woman that has experienced childbirth, I feel like starting a business is akin to being in labor for many years. (laughs) Oh, okay. Okay. (laughs) So they say the success rate of businesses, uh, most businesses fail within their first two years Mm -hmm. Or, or I think it's less than five, but there's yeah, the, two to three years is like, once you get over that hump, it's like, you might actually make it. That's right. right. I mean, so some mornings we wake up and we're like, how can we get out of this business as quickly as possible? So Mike and I, t- we laugh about this, but it's so funny. Why did we start a vacation rental business that is 365, 24 seven, but never, <laughs> why didn't we open a coffee shop? You know, right, that closes right. at 3 PM. Yeah, yeah. So, but we didn't. And it, again, it's brought us a lot of joy, but how can we provide that? And I feel like because we're still in our, the infancy of that business versus our real estate investment business. Okay we're in the infancy of our vacation rental business. I feel like we're still finding that. So can we put a caveat on that? Yes. Infancy over a hundred properties. <laughs> I just want to point that out. Yeah. That, that is an area there. A lot of people think that that's huge, but to us, we think it's very small. Because And, and it's because it's of the way it's grown. It's, it's because of the way that we've, it has grown and our team has grown subsequently with it to support it. So it doesn't feel, it feels actually much you. Okay. You know, the saying for kids is easier. Like it doesn't, it gets easier. Like sure. it's Abs- the more kids you have, like it's so I feel like that same principle where when you're less than 20 properties, we're doing a lot of the work. Right. I mean, we're in there uh, even up to probably, 75 properties we were extremely involved in every aspect so now that we've we've grossed the hundred with the vacation rental, yeah. 
it feels like it's gotten a little bit easier. So it, it doesn't, when people say easier. that's a lot, it doesn't feel as much as well, it did the when challenge, they were Okay, you know what the challenge is? It's the employees. Mm-hmm. Right. That is the number one challenge. Once you have your good employees in place doing their jobs. Then you have to be looking for their replacements just in case they quit True. all the time. Yeah, everything runs smooth once they're trained and they know their jobs. Mm-hmm. So that's the biggest hurdle. So our habits are still evolving. I feel like some days... Um, things are going really smoothly and you feel like, oh, this is wonderful. We could do this. You sleep in till nine, you get up, you drink some coffee, you go work out a little bit, you know, you spend time together, maybe you go to the beach for the day, but we still uh, you come home and you fire up the grill and it's yeah. a wonderful, wonderful day. And then the next three days you're onboarding 10 properties and so you're, again, you're drinking from the fire hydrant and by that it, it ebbs and day, flows. You know, it ebbs and flows. Right. Okay. It does. So the balance of that, I really am wanting to focus on getting your people where they need to be to help you and making sure that the success of the business isn't riding on us. So there's a very large vacation rental business in here in Panama City Beach that we know. And we know the owner of that business. And we met an Airbnb rep. He had just left this guy's office mm. and he came over and we were like, oh, yeah. you know, Don't the owner, <laughs> I'm not going to say any names, you know, the owner X, Y, and Z. And he was like, oh, I don't know who that is. And he said, I met with some lady named Michelle or something. And he said, um, we were like, oh, well, that's the name we just said is the owner of the company. He was like, oh, I never heard that name. So I don't know who that is. And mm. I'm just thinking, you know, that's pretty profound in a sense that his business runs Mm -hmm. and people don't have to know they it runs independently of him based on its reputation right so when it comes to habits it depends on where you are in the process of if if we're talking specifically building a business it depends on where you are in that process because in the very infant years you have to work really hard So it's like being in labor. So you have to really have a strong fortitude to be able to push through even when it's hard and you're stressed and you just, you're crying to your spouse (laughs) because you need a bookkeeper so bad, you know, that we had hit that point several years ago, you know, and he's like, Oh, I don't want to see you like this. You know, this is horrible. Let's just get out and okay, then let's go. Let's keep going. So it's just an emotional roller coaster. Yeah. Really yeah. <laughs> but, like but if I had some tools in place to find that work life balance, my my therapist friend, she told me I used to just freak out. Every time my phone rang, I wanted to immediately answer, immediately respond. And all day I'm taking away bites of my time and my attention from the people that matter the most. Mm-hmm. Kind of when you're working in a corporate environment, you're just a number. You know, I don't my family isn't just a number. They're everything. Yeah, they're, say that one more time. They're <laughs> they're everything. So when your business, something that's, yeah, it may be generating you income or what have you or a good lifestyle, at what cost? So my friend told me, she said, Christy, is your phone ringing an emergency? And I said, well, no, you know. She said, is that guest that's calling you, is it, an emergency that they're asking. Well, no. Okay. She said, when I email a hotel or an Airbnb host, I'm not expecting instant message. <laughs> right. 
She said, you're putting unrealistic expectations on yourself and your business. So when you're starting a business and you need the daily habits are to set your realistic expectations. So stop stressing yourself out for things that are not an emergency. Mm-hmm. And, um, and take time for the things that really do matter. Like the whole purpose and the whole reason behind what you're doing is sitting right next to you, but you've got your head in your phone trying to answer a question about Wi-Fi. You know, yeah. this is this is crazy. It makes no sense. <laughs> the damn Wi-Fi password. Yeah, the Wi-Fi password. It was in the email you got sent, you yeah. know. So that's that's some of the habits, I guess, that... Daily habits? My daily Setting habit. your expectations. Yeah. Oh, wow. So my daily habit, as I start the day off with um, listening to... Oh, this is great. Eric Thomas. He's the hip-hop preacher. Okay. He's a motivational speaker. He has nothing to do with real estate. He's just the motivational speaker. I've been listening. You don't start with the initial success or Total Philly podcast? <laughs> <laughs> we will be changing that right away. Here? Right away. <laughs> yeah, we're going to start listening to that every day. First thing in the morning. <laughs> I got I to gotta record some more. <laughs> well, I don't know how I found him. I was on the internet when I was doing research on real estate, looking... Looking for information. You found him because of me. Oh, was I it through you? I sent you, when I was in sales, you know, so motivational speakers are really, really important. Yeah. They play a huge role in our day-to-day. And Zig Ziglar says that it's like taking a bath. You got to do it every day. So you got to listen to it every day to maintain your motivation. So I had a the Wade in the Water YouTube video that, Eric Thomas made, oh, that's right. and that's how he blew up. Was how did this you remember that? <laughs> Wade in that's the water. Right. So YouTube what Eric video. Thomas says is, if you want to succeed as bad as you want to breathe, then you'll be successful. Yeah. So the story goes, he a good one. he he had I love a, it. I like, live by it. He had every a, day. Yes. So he had a young man that came to this mentor, and he said, "I want to be successful like you. How do I get your success?" And the mentor says, if you want to be successful, meet me on the beach tomorrow morning at 4.30. Mm-hmm. Guy says, I'm going to be there. I'm going to be successful like you. So he said, okay. He shows up at 4.30. The guy says, okay, come out in the water with me. All right, come on a little bit further. Come on a little bit further. And then he dunks him under and he, he holds him under. And the guy's frantically trying to breathe, trying to breathe. So he finally pulls him up and he said, what did you want most? When you were underwater and he said, I wanted to breathe. And he said, when you want to succeed as bad as you wanted to breathe, then you will be successful. Wow. Yeah. So I live. So it really has day. to be something you really want as bad as air in your lungs. Wow. That's the motivation. right That's there. right. Mm-hmm. That's the truth. So I start my day off listening to Eric Thomas. Yep. On uh, Pandora. That that kind of sounds like initial success. Yeah, it does. That's right. Total failure. (laughs) (laughs) Succeed or die. Succeed or die. Exactly. It's exactly. That's exactly the same. What's your what's your? You want to sit on this chair now? That's awesome. Oh man, so that's a great way to stay motivated. How do you deal with the stressors that inevitably come up? You know, I mean, obviously the business, whether it's business, you know, your little arguments mm-hmm. or parenting or just whatever. How do you deal with it? it? Yeah. What do you do? 
What do you personally do to deal with the stress? Man, I don't know. What do I do? I don't know. You just deal with it. <laughs> you just handle it. That is it's like that is no such option. a military answer, <laughs> right? Ryan. It's like just suck it up, <laughs> suck it up. Sorry. <laughs> but you know what, though, for a lot of people, that's good advice. Yeah. You know, I feel like uh, we get a little bit lost sometimes in trying to find, you know, life hack for this and life hack for that. Like, hey, sometimes you just gotta suck it up. Suck it up. You know, it's funny because I'm reading now that mm. we have a teenager at home. I'm reading this book about parenting adolescence because when he went to sleep as a 12 year old, our sweet angel baby, when he woke up the next morning was a totally different person. I'm like, who is this kid? And the book, the gist of it is called the gist. It says, shut up. (laughs) It says as a parent, stop talking. You're talking your kids to death, you know? So sometimes I guess when the situations are the most stressful, the book says the best thing you can do sometimes is nothing at all because your kids or your problem will work itself out. They said you get too emotionally involved in the day-to-day minutiae or little things that you're not really, um, that you don't, that don't really need your attention or your emotions and that will play out. And especially in parenting, that book was talking yeah. about, you know, they will learn the hard way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. With, with dealing with um, other issues in life and in the business, I do find that the best thing to do is nothing at all. That's right. And they do work themselves out. That is actually a motto that Mike has used ever since I've known him. And it could, because he told me, he said, Christy, the best thing to do is do nothing at all. I tend to be a little more confrontational. Mm-hmm. And um, and he will he gets in his mind he's thinking of all these things he wants to say but at the same time he says the best thing is to not say or do anything Mm. and um the situation usually resolves itself and we're able to move on so how do you how do you determine when when it's best because obviously there's some things that you need to take action on right right right. so what is what is your determining factor on when you when, decide, like, hey, I'm just going to sit back and let this thing work itself out. Hey, I don't know. That's a hard question. It's situation dictates, you know? So if it's in the business and it's something that they're going to do, an employee is going to do or has done that is detrimental to our business, we take action. For instance, do you want to share the story about what the happened? Hole in the ceiling? <laughs> Which one? I was thinking. Which one? With Lily. No. Let's do the one with a hole in the ceiling. Okay, the hole so in the ceiling is very good. Uh, no names, right? So okay, okay. I got this one employee. He's a good guy. He is Great really guy. good. Number one. You know how we let our employees just run with it? Yeah. And and let them use their minds and let them make decisions on their own? There was this situation where he cut this big four-foot hole in the ceiling. <laughs> I got upset. Okay. Try, try to be helpful. He was trying okay. to be helpful. It was a situation. There's a water leak in the ceiling, but it wasn't leaking. It was an old leak. Oh, uh, okay. And uh, he thought he was going to fix it. So he cut this big hole in the ceiling. And I got upset, but I didn't say anything. Mm-hmm. So I reverted back to the best thing to do is not to do anything at all. Because if you let your emotions take control of you at that time, you're going to do something. You're going to say something. You're going to regret. I've learned this from experience. With, with time, you know. So mm-hmm. the best thing to do is not to do anything at all. And I didn't say anything and I didn't do anything. I didn't even show up. I didn't come around and talk to him. And he patched that hole. And it's patched. 
Well, we did have to say something, though. You know, so it was. Uh, what we, did we say? We, what we, we had to do home. was we had to give our. <laughs> we had to step back and give ourselves some time. Time to process, to process mm-hmm. our emotions before, because if we would have went straight into that situation, we would have said something we would have regretted. Yeah. So right. at the initial sure. shock of the situation, the best thing to do is not to do anything at all. So you know, we just waited. We gave days. ourselves time to process, so yeah. that way we're prepared to come came out and handle it. the situation. And it was all good. For, for you in the military, were you taught the, the pregnant pause? Did you ever hear that term? No. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So uh, maybe it was just the, the guys that I was around, but we they always taught that, you know, in any kind of stressful situation, you know, things are popping off or whatever's going on, just take that extra moment to just analyze for yeah. just a moment, if, if you can, obviously. <laughs> you know, sometimes yeah. reactions... You to have take. to react, yeah. yeah. But, you know, a lot of times... Sometimes you have to react immediately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But just taking that, that breath to just... It is. You need to stop and, and process it. Mm-hmm. Best thing to do is not to do anything at all at that time period. Just let it sit for just a minute. Think about it. You're hot, right? You're emotional. You're oh, yeah. upset. You're angry. Mm-hmm. It's nothing's good going to come out of it. We've learned that from experience. So yeah. just sit and chill. Just chill. Don't do nothing. Don't say nothing. Don't do nothing. Mm-hmm. Just let it ride for a minute and then sleep on it. And how do you apply that? Because uh, you mentioned it with parenting as well. How do you apply that when it comes to your son? Well, I think that we are still learning, but. I know one that I always use. It's a saying that I say, pick your nose. Oh, he tells me that all the time. Pick your nose. I'm a mother, so I tend I'm confused. <laughs> As a Do mother. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly what she thought I was saying before. Yeah. But you always want to say no. As a mother, especially, no. I think oh, we tend to say no. No. Often. Pick no. your nose. Okay, pick your okay, nose. Okay, okay, like, pick your, your nose. <laughs> I was so confused. It is weird, isn't it? Yeah, but yeah, I yeah. say it all the time. I always tell her that. Pick your nose. Right. Like don't just always say no, like no, a pl- like a play no. on play on pick your battles. Yeah, like, pick your battles. Right, pick right. your nose. Pick your like nose, don't yeah. always say no. Like this stuff isn't so important, so it doesn't really matter. You don't have to say no. Mm-hmm. Just say no to the most important things mm-hmm. that he doesn't need to do. Right. Save it. Save it for Save when it, it matters yeah. the most. Save it when it matters the most. So that's the way we raise our kid. That, like, that way, when he when we really say no, he knows that we mean no. We mean no. Right. That makes sense too. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's almost like if you say no all the time, you're you're, you know, um, desensitizing. That's mm-hmm. right. To the that's no. right. So yeah, when right. he hears no, he means he knows we mean business. Right. But I, uh, we serious. That makes no means sense. no. Mm-hmm. So don't always say no. Just think about it. Cool. Yeah. Take a step back. Process. Think what you need to do if you have the time. I mean, there's always time, almost always, unless you're yeah. in like an actual dire, again, back to my friend, the therapist, is it a real emergency? Right. You know, are you physically being attacked by someone mm-hmm. at that moment? That's a time he's going to get confrontational. Yeah. So there are opportunities, but is it really an emergency right now? Yeah. Something that I have to deal with at this exact moment. How many people do you know that treat? most mundane things as the most stressful emergency of their lives. They do. In the moment. They get so wrapped yeah, up. And they just lose it. Mm-hmm. And you can just see it in their eyes. You can see, you know, they're, they're shaking because right. of the yeah. It's like, hey, 
not that big a deal. Right. Take a step back. Yeah. Are you breathing? That's right. Your lives? Right. That's number one. Yeah. Exactly. Right? If you're able to, if you're, if you're but capable you of thinking about it. <laughs> yeah. If you're capable of thinking about this problem, that mm-hmm. means that you're living. Yeah. Exactly. Hey, that's a good step one. Yeah. You know. But did you die? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So back on the habits real quick. Were there any that, any habits that you had that you had to give up in order to succeed? You know, like you mentioned that you used to, you know, play games and, and whatever, but like, are mm-hmm. there any other, you know, more common habits maybe that you decided consciously to say, I'm cutting that out of my life mm-hmm. because I want to succeed? Yeah. 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 We traded some hobbies that weren't making us money. We, we used to be hardcore PC gamers. We used to play this game called World of Warcraft. <laughs> Both of you? Yes, we did. No way! I also played, I, I dabbled, I dabbled in World of Warcraft, yeah. No it's a black way. hole. We would play for like eight to ten hours in one session. Yeah, We had our gaming station set up with two monitors side by side. With their PCs, we're sitting no side way. by side like this, so we could see both our monitors and the gamer would, couple. Would, <laughs> every gamer's dream, by the way. We would dominate. <laughs> well, awesome. I didn't start off with um, being in the game, but he was like, "Look, you can character, you can make your character do things, and it would be really fun for Change us." And I was clothes. like, "Well, that's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, you can yeah. do their hair." <laughs> he got me in that way. I was a night elf hunter, DPS. <laughs> I dominated <laughs> the gateway drug. Oh my goodness. I was a paladin tank. That's funny. That's great. Yeah. She would tank and I do DPS. And I, it's so I funny would always because have the it's really like our actual personalities recount. in real life. Mm. I mean, he is so aggressive. He's yeah. the DPS. He's pulling all the ag while I'm sitting here trying to protect. All the aggro. Right. And you're the shield. It, I'm the shield. And it's yeah. really funny. I haven't played in a while, but they had this, the shield and the sword. It was an add-on. I think it was That's add-on. right. It was called recount, and I would always be the highest on damage. Oh, that was his goal. <laughs> well, it's really funny because actually I'm an ox in the Chinese oh, okay. zodiac. Mm-hmm. I'm an ox, and he's a tiger. Oh. So technically, Aggressive. according to some people, we're not supposed to get along that well. Mm. But I always say I'm the shield. I'm the carrier. I carry, mm-hmm. and he's the fighter. So he, sense, yeah. he protects mm-hmm. me in the sense of physical aggression and i protect him as far as being a, a shield for him so yeah. that's really carrying funny. the burden yeah. Kind of yeah, yeah, yeah yeah that's right carrying the load yeah yeah so wow. that's really kind of funny yeah so we had to give up gaming because that took up a lot of time so we haven't pc gamed in a while but we do here recently we just purchased the xbox series x, <laughs> x s x. x it was the yeah. newest one that just came out right and he and luke that's kind of their bonding time okay. But we did, we traded um, hobbies for things that make us money, especially in the beginning. We really enjoyed gaming. Like, it was our hobby, it was our passion, gaming, and we had to give it up to start our real estate journey. And we just put all of our time and effort and energy into that real estate, and we grew a portfolio that's just unreal right now. So now we're on the level to where we can actually relax a little bit, so we, we purchased the console you Xbox. find like an hour or two here and there. That's right. Right. But yeah. we keep a balance with it because again, our our goal is to do things that are going to help us be better humans, like working out. So in the initial start of our business, COVID hit. So right. that was really challenging. And we ended up, I think I especially traded my fitness 
for our business. And so here I am now just coming on the other side of our business growth, trying to regain that again and set my daily habits to work out every morning. And, you know, something we've been doing, this is a really good habit for people. And I've, I've heard other success podcasts and stories recommend this, but we had never implemented it till recently. Go for a walk with your spouse. We go, we're, we're not running. We're not training for a 5k. We're not training for triathlon. That's another hobby we gave up for oh, success yeah. is triathlon. We did right. do triathlon, we um, did the but we're, Ironman. we're not out there trying to do hit exercises. We literally leave our home. We go for a walk. Sometimes it's a mile. Sometimes it's three miles. We meander. We don't take the same path and we really connect during that time in the mornings and sometimes our son comes, sometimes he doesn't, and we don't make a big deal out of it. And we just, we enjoy our time together and it's nice. really therapeutic. And I wish that I would have taken that advice of going for walks together a long time ago yeah. when I first heard it, because I think if anyone that's listening to this podcast is starting a business, take that time, make, make that time mm-hmm. to go for a walk with your spouse in the morning or afternoon or whatever, do it. That's awesome. Yeah, Christine and I, we don't go for a walk every morning, but every morning we have tea outside together. Right. Just it's the same premise. Away from it's the just, kids for a little bit, a yeah. little peace right. and quiet. We like, yeah, we like going for walks because it gets that blood pumping. Yeah, for sure. Gets well, those creative kind of, juices going in your mind Especially as well. first thing in the morning. Yes. Right. Great. I mean, there's, there's all kinds of, you know, way smarter people than me talking about, you know, clearing out, you know, the certain chemicals in your body that you build up during sleep mm-hmm. and you got to clear them out, you yeah. know, before you have your coffee, before you have everything, you know, yeah. right. And get that day going. I do like fasted cardio in the morning. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. That's another mm-hmm. great way to get, build that energy for the day and mm-hmm. clear your mind and everything. Yeah. So, I mean, it seems like you guys really take it, take wholeheartedly the idea of, of taking care of yourselves and your bodies first that's thing right. in the morning. Cause well, if you don't, if you wait, it well, won't get done. It's about being intentional. Yeah. You, oh, oh. You have to be intentional. Okay, so this is something that we have done, and I think this is a very, very good habit as far as it's not a daily habit. It's a yearly habit. Okay. We sit down and we pick our word for the year, and then we're, we revolve our lifestyle, our actions, our day-to-day based around our word that we've picked for the year. Okay. So for like two years. Speak it into existence. Right. Right. For two years, I think our word was grind. (laughs) And we did. We were grinding. Um, It shows. (laughs) Our first year was dominate. Our second two years were grind. And then our our fourth year was dominate as well. what was the first year? We've had quite a few years, so. We've been doing this for about six years. Okay. So I can't remember all of the words that we've had, but this year. I do remember the two years in a row was grind. Yes, because they just flowed. One was not enough. (laughs) years in a row was our word of the year was grind. Yes. And we were grinding seven days a week. Well, so the word that we have picked this year that I've picked is optimize. Ah. Because in our real estate investment business with interest rates being as high as they are, I told him I want to streamline and optimize Mm -hmm. our debt. Our, our liabilities, our assets, and let's see how we can grow and make sure that everything's... So it, it translates to the vacation rental market as well because 
occupancy is way down in our area. Mm-hmm. Well, across the whole state of Florida sure. because of recession or mm-hmm. beach fatigue or what have you. Yeah. Um, occupancy is down. So what it's done is it's giving me some time to optimize our business, create our employee handbook, right? things like that. Well, Mike, he was really struggling with his word. And recently I'm like, you've been using this word a lot. Like well, this is your word <laughs> and it's intentional. I'll let him speak to that, but. Uh, it's 2023. So 2022, my word of the year was dominate. Dominate our sector. Right. And then. We dominated all the year of 2022. It's just like we were unreal dominating. Everything we touched, we dominated. It's kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> so when it came to 2023, I couldn't find another word. Mm-hmm. It was just like, we're still dominating. <laughs> so, <laughs> But he knew, he knew that he wanted a different word because right. we, you know, mm-hmm. at that high level, dominate, grind, like – there's your body physically can only sustain for so long at that stress level. Sure. So much dominating. <laughs> <laughs> Too much dominating. Too much grinding. So but while we're still 10X, we can 10X everything. Mm-hmm. And his word being intentional, we can 10X being intentional. Sure. We can 10X optimizing our yeah. business and optimizing our lives mm-hmm. so with health and fitness. Yeah. Yeah. Optimize your daily schedule. Mm-hmm. I mean, everything. Yeah. Your weekly, your monthly. She's optimizing. Right. Yeah. I'm still dominating. <laughs> he, his word is intentional because he doesn't realize it. That's his word. Uh, can he have two words in a year? He, his word is intentional. I'm telling you words. because he's been so. Intentionally dominating. <laughs> How about that? Dominate intentionally. <laughs> There you go. He really has been mm-hmm. very, very specific about being intentional about getting up and working out. Oh, well, thing. that's a whole nother topic. We spoke about that earlier on the phone. When you get to that level to where you know you made it, mm-hmm. you start to relax. You start reaping what you sowed, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. The benefits. Yeah. And you start getting lazy <sighs> because you've made it. You start mm-hmm. overindulging, right? Food, laying around, being lazy, sleeping in, <laughs> gaming, <laughs> gaming. <laughs> <laughs> so, when you get to the point where you know you made it, you start getting lazy and relaxed. So you have to stay intentional. You have to remain intentional on your daily routines. Mm-hmm. You have to wake up and you have to be intentional, or else you'll get sloppy. That's great. Yeah. That's great advice. Yeah. That's that's part of what we what we do with the tea. We actually do morning tea and actually nighttime tea. We have like, you know, chamomile or whatever at night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's that's what we do. We 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 plan the next day the night before. Right. And then in the morning we kind of retouch on that, like, okay, how and then we go through the more intentional daily schedule or, or intraday schedule, you know. Okay. Where do you have to be at seven? Where do you have to be at eight? You know, all that stuff. Exactly. So, yeah. yeah. Just kind of doing it. Yeah, that. it's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Especially now because both of us being unemployed, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. not having structure. Cause, cause oh, with, that's within, so important. The one thing that yeah, you structure. do get from a traditional nine to five is structure. structure. You, exactly. You're either at nine, you yeah. leave at five, whatever. So, the so time being is. self-employed and being an entrepreneur is your own boss. Like, really... That is that is so true. Said establishing your own structure is so important. 
because that really was hard for me. I mean, I knew on Sundays I was going to make my meals for the week for my lunches and my breakfast to be out the door on time. And now we get up and we may make breakfast we may go to Funland. <laughs> Lay around <laughs> in your pajamas till twelve. Fifty cents breakfast. You know, we, you get kind of sloppy. So <laughs> we, lazy. it is so important that you're intentional <laughs> about, and again, not letting your day pull you in every direction. You know, I'm our main contact for the owners that we take care of. So mm-hmm. they may call me at seven in the morning. They may call me at seven at night. I'm I'm pulled in a lot of different directions and. Again, setting those boundaries for yourself when you're in your own business. So after six, I'm just not available. So, and I I had an owner, you know, that reached out to me about 7 or 8 p.m. And I didn't answer my phone and I didn't panic. And the (laughs) owner texted me uh, and said, call me. And I'm like, if it's not urgent, my son is getting his yellow belt right now. So I can call you in the morning. Mm-hmm. If it's urgent, I will call you afterwards. And he didn't respond. So Not it, urgent it wasn't urgent. <laughs> and the next morning I spoke to him around seven in the morning. It wasn't anything important or pressing. So my time, I had to really learn to set these boundaries. Hey, my time is precious. My evening time with my family is precious. It is. My friends, okay, I want to talk to you. You know, let's catch up and things because your your friendships, that's not something you really, they don't really have a time cap. But when it's business and you're, in, in a word, bothering me, mm-hmm. when you, when I have family time, it's just, you know, set it those is. boundaries for your when business. When you get to a certain level, to the point to where you know you made it on that level, when you get to that level. A and lot you'll of- know when you get there. A lot of people start. I'm not there. <laughs> You'll feel it. You'll feel A lot the of shift. people start trying to contact you to get information. Mm-hmm. They want to know how you got there and what they got to do to get there as well. Well, I'm and sorry a lot for of inviting people, you here then. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> a lot of people waste your time mm-hmm. because they want to hear it, but then they don't take action. Or they don't want to do what you say. Like we get a lot of people from back where we used to work and they will call and they'll say, hey, um, I, you know, how do I get free? You know, and we give them advice. Oh, I'm not paying an HOA fee, you know, and these yeah. sort of things. And I'm like, well, why did you call me? You know, <laughs> I'm like an open book. If you ask me, if you call me and you ask me questions, I'll tell you everything. I numbers, everything. I'll tell you numbers, how we did it. I, I'm an open book. I'm transparent. I'm, there's no secrets. I can't There's confirm. no secrets mm-hmm. to where how, where, and how we got to where we're at. It takes a lot of work. Mm-hmm. It takes a special person to make it through it, through the fire. People don't want to put right? in the work that it takes. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of but, the times when our phone rings and it's, it's people that are, you know, we're willing to give you advice and then you throw our advice out the window. Exactly. I'll talk to you for over an hour about it. I'll tell you everything, everything you want to hear. Ask me questions. I'll tell you. But then a lot of people just waste your time because they don't take action. Right. Makes sense. So when you're yeah. starting a business, you know, or any endeavor, keep that in heart where, you know, people will say maybe with you, how do I start a podcast? You know, and you're going to give them this advice. Instead, what you do is you do a podcast about how to start a podcast <laughs> and monetize on it. Right. So right. then you're not giving free advice away anymore. Sure, so yeah, sure. That's our goal. Another goal is we're also, we're writing two books. So we're writing uh, one book about the life of an entrepreneur, developing that 
work-life balance. Right. And we're also writing another book about Airbnb success. Oh, okay. Um, so that way, yeah. when people call us for advice, I'm going to say, you should read my book. Right, that's right. Yeah, it's available yeah. for exactly purchase right. that is exactly for right. And that is the purpose of writing the book. <laughs> yeah. Just read the book. Sure, right. just read and the I, book. And I oftentimes, I'll tell people, even today, I'll say, hey, if you read this book, and call me when you finish it. I'll give you more advice. I was just going to say that's yeah. First, read the book. Yeah. Then yeah. ask me questions about the book. Or that's right. Exactly. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. But do you know that a hundred percent of the time, the book recommended recommendation that you send, no one follows up. No one calls you back. They don't. I did. Well. Yeah. You told me read ten x. That's it. I read ten x. Hey and Grant. And look at you now. Look hey, at Grant. you now. Where, where's he at? Hey Grant. <laughs> Which one, Grant Cardone? What's yeah. up? I'm giving you a shout out. <laughs> 10 X rule. It's my number one favorite uh, book. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. You're right. And I should say a hundred percent because Mike talked to you. So yeah, no, no, for sure. The percentage of people he talked to is not as high. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of weird. That's for sure. No. And, and, and what you were saying about time is, uh, it really resonates. And I think that's another, another problem that a lot of people have is they don't value time nearly as much as they should. It is literally the most valuable limited thing that we can possess. And yet we waste it. Exactly. So many can't get it back. Exactly. Every day. Exactly. Can't get yesterday back. Well, it's just like we said earlier, forever isn't enough time together. Right. You know, so that time is so precious. Yep. And, uh, Go buy the meal, have the dinner, drink the wine, enjoy one another. That's yeah. the most important thing. I agree. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a great ending note right there, I think. <laughs> yeah. So uh, why don't you guys shout out uh, your website, your business and everything if you'd like. Uh, go sure. ahead. Yeah. Our business, uh, our vacation rental business is host PCB. Um, simply off the basis that we host your stay in Panama City Beach. So the website is hostpcb.com. Um, you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook. We're very, very active on Instagram. I would say that's probably our number one platform where you'll get the most out of us. And by we, I mean I. <laughs> um, but yeah, so give us a follow. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, if you if you plan on going to the beach anywhere, it's incredible what they offer they have all kinds of packages and everything it's really oh, great yeah. the the condos are beautiful the views are fantastic it's amazing prices are competitive with everyone else that's right they're so, clean they're cleaner than everyone else super clean we yeah. put our heart into it man and and we as really you do. can tell yeah they they take great pride in everything that they do so please support uh Thank you very much. Thank you so much for having us, Nick. I appreciate it. Thank you.